Mr. Stephen Allen's SomeNews.co.uk, the podcast. Hello and welcome to the Some News Podcast Review of 2012. I know, that means we've been doing this podcast for two years. Yeah, I thought I'd be famous by now too. Well, I'm not sure I actually want to be famous. I mean, if you're a celeb, they make you do degrading and disgusting things that probably involve eating something that's rank. No, 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 I don't mean I'm a celebrity to get me out of here. I mean, they make you date Katie Price. Well, 2012 has been a good year for me. I wrote some jokes, uh, performed at a few festivals, and best of all, I got a penis joke about the TV show Embarrassing Bodies retweeted. Yes, I am easily pleased. You say that like it's a bad thing. I love that TV show, because you get to see some really minged-up genitals while you're eating your tea. Well, it'll come in handy, if I ever have to date Katie Price. But enough about my year, Uh, let's take a look at what else happened in 2012. Mr. Stephen Allen's Some News Podcast, The Main News. Back in January, the Costa Concordia sank. These days, it seems most cruise ships have the norovirus, but this was even worse. Although... If I was on a ship and I was told that we were sinking, I'd probably exhibit some of the norovirus symptoms right there and then. Here's how we covered it. There's been a lot of naval news recently, and by that, I mean things to do with ships and boats. I don't mean... And finally, scientists have proved why belly button fluff is always blue. I know the answer to that one, by the way. Something to do with um, Avatar. Anyway, it was suggested that we buy the Queen a new yacht for the Diamond Jubilee. Seems very nice, until you remember they suggested that just as the Costa Concordia was sinking. That makes it seem like they've got it in for the Queen. Where did they get the idea? Prince Charles? Uh, Yes, those things sink. Buy one for Mumsy. It's the only way I'll get the bloody job. But we can't talk about the Costa Concordia. The front page of The Guardian had a picture on it, and I couldn't be the only one who thought that the funnel looked like a cigarette that had been stubbed out. And you know it won't be long until Italian souvenir shops start selling those ashtrays, just like the Piper Alpha fag lighter. It's, it's a story that's still developing. You know, there was an oil slick. It wasn't a container ship that was carrying oil. It's just, you know, their food. Ooh. But the, the bosses have totally blamed the captain, saying that he didn't stick to standard Costa procedures. What are standard Costa procedures? Or saying, you like cake and muffin after every drink. But it's, it's terrible, though, because he was in a lifeboat while passengers were still struggling to get to safety. Captain Francesco Chettino lived up to the first part of his surname and he said that the reason he was in this lifeboat while other people were still in danger is because he tripped and fell and landed in a lifeboat. That's brilliant. I'm going to use that excuse if ever I have an affair. Oh, I'm sorry, dear. It's just... I was walking down the street. I tripped, I fell, and I landed in her... Well, at least it was a soft landing, you know? One news story I read said he admitted making a mistake as he approached the island of Giglio to perform a salute for a friend. Dude, send a text. Guy's an idiot, and it keeps getting worse. Here's a conversation that the ship had with the Coast Guard. Good evening, Costa Concordia, the Coast Guard says. Please, are you experiencing problems on board? We had a blackout, a crew member replies. We are checking conditions on board. A blackout? What kind of power failure leaves you at a 45-degree angle? Oh, I guess someone only plugged in one half of the ship. That call to the Coast Guards came 30 minutes after they'd hit the rock. It was another 30 minutes until they told the passengers to abandon ship. What was he doing for that hour? Probably replying to those spam text messages we all get. Have you had an accident at work and it wasn't your fault? 
well, yes and no. In February, in February, in fr- After January, we heard that Fabio Capello was no longer England manager. Now, I'll admit, I know nothing about football. So I was in the running to be his replacement at one point. Um, here's what we said back at the time. Uh, well, England manager Fabio Capello resigned. It was on every front page, all over 24-hour rolling news. Exit Fabio Capello. He's already abroad. His old bosses back at the FA are looking for someone to take over. I say Natasha Giggs for England manager. Well, she's already managed two footballers, and by the look of her, she can manage a few more. Here's how it happened. A while back, John Terry may or may not have said something racist at a football match, and it was the bad type of racism, not that good type that ends with a handshake. Isn't that right, Set Blatter? Do you remember this? FIFA president Set Blatter said racism in football could be sorted out by a little handshake. Yes, of course it could. That's why this happened. I have a dream. But someday, somebody will shake my hand and I'll be like, all right, yeah, that's fine, yeah. No, 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 don't, don't worry about it. Handshakes don't fix racism. We saw how Luis Suarez refused to shake hands with Patrice Evra. But since then, Suarez has said, I have spoken with a manager since the game at Old Trafford and I realise I got things wrong. Yeah, what he wished he'd done was where you go in for the handshake, pull away at the last moment, put your thumb on your nose and then wiggle your fingers. I can't believe we live in an age where this stuff still happens. Of course racism has no place in football. It certainly has no place in football commentary. Yes, indeed. Uh, You join us for the second half. And it's some white guy with a ball. He passes to... Hang on, hang on. Were we going to do a cutaway sketch where we replace the name of footballers with racial terms? Well, here's an idea. How about we don't? I don't care if it's funny. If people don't get the joke, the amount of handshaking I'll have to do... Anyway, the FA said, till John Terry's court case had been sorted, he couldn't be captain of the England football team. So Terry was told he couldn't be captain, but he could still play. After all, no one in football wants to see John Terry not playing each weekend. They like to know where he is and make sure he's not off with their wives. Uh, All good so far, but England manager Fabio Capello didn't think the FA's decision was right. He gave a TV interview where he said, Terry will always be my captain. Which, now that he's resigned... Sounds a little bit kinky roleplay sex. Oh, you're my captain. Oh, such good the ball control. Ooh. Fabio refused to take his comments back. VFA called a meeting and the result was Fabio quit. It was brave of Capello to stand up for John Terry right to the end. It was like a captain going down with his ship, which is rare for an Italian. So where does this leave us? The hunt is on for a replacement. After an Italian, the people at the FA wanted to look closer to home. There's a preference for an English English person or a British person. Many people have been saying that we need an England manager who can actually speak English properly. Which means Wayne Rooney will never get the job. Or David Beckham. Or Gaza. Or... Do you know what, actually? Most footballers can barely speak. I don't know if what John Terry said was racist, but at least it was a whole sentence. April. Spring, our thoughts turned to reproduction. And then we saw Talisa's sex tape and our thoughts turned back. If that was her best performance, she would not get through to sex boot camp. Scandal in the world of celebs as another sex tape came out. Don't worry, it's not my sex tape. I would release one, but the most recent footage of me having sex is on Cinefilm and you have to pay to get it converted. I suppose that's not actually true. There must be more up-to-date footage of me having sex because they've got CCTV around the back of Mecca Bingo. Anyway, uh, it's Talisa from Endups. She described it as a tape of her having an intimate moment with an ex. In one close-up, you see Talisa next to a massive c**k. 
It's just like when she was on X Factor. Straight away, Talisa posted a video on YouTube apologising to her fans. She said, The reason behind this video is to set the record straight on a certain tape that has been circulating online that consists of footage between me and an ex-boyfriend. Footage between you? It's inchage at best, love. As you know, I've never been the type, regardless of being in the public eye, to sit down and keep my mouth shut. That's certainly not what she did in the video. When you share an intimate moment with someone that you love and you care about and you trust, you never imagine for one minute that that footage may at any point be shared with the rest of the UK. Well, don't film it then. If you're having sex, you shouldn't be on your phone. It's impolite. Look, can you just put your phone down? When I said I wanted you to play on Snake... It's bad enough when someone gets their phone out in a conversation, but if you're in the middle of an intimate moment and your partner starts checking tweets... Having sex, lol. Might close my eyes and pretend I'm with Samantha Brick again. Winky smiley face. Send. If you're not allowed to use your phone when you drive, you shouldn't be allowed to use it during sex. It's because you might get distracted and accidentally rear-end someone. Uh, newspapers reported that Talisa was suing her ex for £100,000 over the leaked sex tape. It's £100,000 to film sex with Talisa, but it's £250,000 for dinner with David Cameron. I hope at least he puts out at the end. For the record, I haven't seen Talisa's sex tape. It's not because I'm prudish, because you have to pay £3.90 to see it and I'm northern. I'll just wait till it's on Griff Reese Jones's version of It'll Be Alright on the Night. So far, we have seen clips of people stumbling over their lines, struggling to get their mouths around it. Well, in our next clip, quite the opposite. In May, we were worried about Greece leaving the Eurozone. Spoiler alert, they didn't. But here's what happened. Here's a headline from the Evening Standard. Cameron, it's time to stop the fudge over Greece. He's making me hungry. Mmm, fudge. Heck, I'm a northerner. Mmm, Greece. It's the newspaper's fault. It comes out at tea time. Uh, this was about David Cameron, who said that the Greeks have to vote for a government who will do strict austerity, like the Germans want. But it's hard for Greece to stomach all this austerity, especially now that, that France has François Hollande as president. He's promised to challenge Germany's Angela Merkel about the austerity policies. Ooh, French resistance to German authority. That rings a bell. <laughs> Listen very carefully. I will say this only once. We need to pay off the national debt, so we want to sell the painting of the fallen Madonna with the big boobies. Ah, but I don't have it. All I have is the big Madonna with the fallen boobies. Is that a painting? No, it is the cover of her greatest hits. Poor old Greece, their economy is faltering, their debt is unmanageable, and we go and nick their Olympic torch. Well, with the price of fuel, they weren't going to light it much. But yep, we've got their Olympic torch, we've got their marbles. We're not helping the situation, really. We're treating it like a closing down sale. This weekend, it's the big Greek sale. Everything must go. Like this, year's supply of hummus. And this, six-month supply of taramasalata. Yes, it's our double-dip special. The Olympic torch is now making its way across the UK. It started its journey down in Cornwall, where it made local news. On 95.2, 96 and 103.9 FM. Loving where we live. BBC Radio Cornwall.
reported sightings of witchcraft on the coast turned out to be fire. The fire came from Greece, the country that gave us adding and spilling water out of the bath. And it's said to be the latest breakthrough. To find out more, we can join our reporter live at the scene. Oh, it be beautiful. And oh, bloody up though. Anyway, back to Greece. It could well happen that Greece have to leave the Euro. A lot of radio and TV shows have mocked up fake news stories showing what could probably happen when they leave. The depreciation, the inflation, the runs on the bank. People could be queuing in banks for hours, just like lunchtime in banks over here. Uh, faking news reports is exactly the kind of thing we normally do, but it's already been done. So we've decided to go one further. We've mocked up what would happen if Greece were forced to leave the euro and America made a film about it. Opening scene, interior, a dark basement room. An army man with many medals stares at several monitors. There's a knock on the door. Come in. General Papadopoulos, how bad is it? It's bad. This debt, I've never seen it so big. At this rate, within weeks, we'll have no plates left to break. But without plates to break, we can't have meals. The Greek people will starve. I know, this is bad. Germany is screwing us against the wall. We need to get out of the Euro. We need to do it fast, before the markets find out. We need to control the bank, stop the flow of money out of the country. What are our options? There's only one option. We need to bring in the professor. We cut to a lecture room. A rugged man with stubble is addressing the class. For next week, I want you to read up on Michael Porter. Competitiveness of Nations. It's, it's a good book. You'll learn a lot. <clears throat> a word, Professor? Carry on, class. I'll just be a minute. Let me guess. You're from the government. Yes, I am. We need your help. <laughs> I'm a university lecturer in economics now. I, I don't do the kind of help you're after. Not anymore. But this is serious. It's always serious. Why'd you think I got out? You're the only man for the job. Only man? I guess I am after what happened to Johnson. I read the report on that. <laughs> you read the report? Did you read how it was all my fault? That's not what it said. Those loans were triple A rated. But I should have guessed. I should have known. Should have got him out of there. I can't help you. Have a good day. We're leaving the Euro, Professor. Keep your voice down. We're, we're leaving the Euro. As soon as possible. Okay, I'll do this, but on one condition. I do this alone. We cut to a woman wearing black leather, sat stroking a cat with a German flag on the wall behind her. An ugly looking man walks in carrying a piece of paper. Frau Merkel, we have some interesting intel. So, the Greeks think they can leave the Eurozone. <laughs> well, we'll see about that. <laughs> That's it so far. I mean, okay, it's not factually correct. It has lazy stereotypes and English people playing the Germans. So yeah, it would make a great American film. The world changed forever back in July when the Higgs boson was discovered. It's a boson, like lepton, electron, on, is what, because it's a particle that ends in on. Not as one BBC newsreader called it, the Higgs boson. The Higgs boson is easier to find. He's in charge of the crew of the Higgs ship. It's simple. Uh, here's what happened back then. Well, listen to these scientists watching a lecture about physics. <laughs> the 
Last time a bunch of scientists got that excited, they'd found the topless pictures of Diana Troy from Star Trek Next Generation. This was the discovery of the Higgs boson, the so-called God Particle. It can't really be called the God Particle anymore, because they've proved that it exists. If the Higgs boson is the God Particle, then it must also propagate into a Jesus wave. That is the only Holy Trinity slash De Bruyne's wave particle duality joke that you're going to hear for a while, trust me. Might not be any good, but it's technically all there. It was the scientists at the European Organization for Nuclear Research, or CERN. Hang on, how can CERN, how can C-E-R-N be the acronym for the European Organization for Nuclear Research? These people are meant to be clever. I suppose they, they must be clever. They've discovered the Higgs boson. I say they've discovered the Higgs boson. They actually called it a Higgs boson-like discovery because scientists are trying to be trendy. That's like Higgs boson-like discovery, yeah? Do you get me? Not really. It was a breakthrough that took almost half a century of work. Some of the greatest minds in the world. Over three decades of experimentation and £2.6 billion spent on a big machine under Switzerland. And now they can pack it all away. Hopefully they won't. I think they can still get some use out of it. What they do there is they speed up subatomic particles to near the speed of light. Then they smash them into each other to find out what happens after these collisions. And uh, it turns out what happens is this. I'm a proton! I'm a proton! Oh, going ever so fast! Whee! Oh, watch out! Oh, ow! Oh, oh, I got a text message! Our records show you've been involved in an accident. How do they know this? The discovery of the Higgs boson particle would be one of the greatest achievements in science, if they're right. And, well, you know, it's not like the people at CERN to be wrong. As I was saying just the other day on my faster-than-light neutrino computer that... Oh, yes. But it is big. It's up there with the great recent triumphs of science, like the discovery of DNA, the moon landing, and making Cher's face look like that. Finding this particle fits in with the standard model of physics, and it's it's this particle that gives mass, that gives everything mass. So it's Higgs' fault that I'm fat, not the cakes. Well done, Peter Higgs. Uh, Twitter went mad when the news broke. Some people were saying on Twitter they'd noticed that in the presentation that was used to announce the discovery of the Higgs boson, they used the Comic Sans font. Ugh. How big does a discovery have to be before they'll use Time's New Roman? Comic Sans? I mean, this is science, not a memo from your co-workers saying they're going bowling this Thursday. People jumped to CERN's defence, with tweeterers saying, Actually, Comic Sans is proven to be easier for dyslexics to read. They have that many dyslexics working there that they have to take that into consideration? Really? And now we know why the European Organisation for Nuclear Research has the acronym CERN. It's interesting that faced with one of the most groundbreaking moments of science, Twitter brings sarcasm and flippancy. It's a good job we didn't have ye olde Twitter back in the olden days of science. Sir Isaac Newton has discovered a gravity. The penny finally dropped. Lol and indeed ruffle. It was in August that I first heard about Fifty Shades of Grey. It's porn for women. And that is not fair. Not until they invent chocolate for men. There was a TV show that taught me all about it, and it got a review in the podcast. Fifty Shades of Grey, the book that everyone is going on about. I remember the good old days when people would only get evangelical about the Bible. Now I had a knock on the door last Sunday from two smartly dressed women asking if I'd ever thought of S&M. I should say, I've not read it, and I won't be reading it, you dirty women.
All I know about it is from a TV documentary I saw. It was called Sex Story, Fifty Shades of Grey, and it was basically chats with people, mainly women, who've read it. And we heard things like this. Call me old-fashioned, <laughs> but I don't know any women who want anal fisting of a Friday night. She's right. That's more of a Sunday thing. You need time to relax. And you can't do it straight after work. He might still be wearing his watch. Uh, the show gave us some background info. The Fifty Shades of Grey trilogy tells the story of the passionate love affair between Anastasia Steele a virginal 21-year-old college student and Christian Grey, a 27-year-old billionaire businessman. Hang on, he's a billionaire, he has a secret room and he likes violence. Isn't this just Batman? Uh, some of the things I heard in the show were truly shocking. I read Fifty Shades of Grey in, it was about two days. That was Amy Childs. She can read. Oh. Now, not everyone came across as a fan. Really, it's Mills and Boone with, with butt plugs. And she's Australian. So does she have three pins or two pins on her plugs? Oh, either way, ouch. I'm not sure I'm ready to hear about this. And neither was Jilly Cooper. What is a genital clamp? I don't know what a genital clamp is. Genital clamps. Is that what you get if you part your clump on a double yellow? But there's, there's no fighting the success of the book. Apparently, it's been published in other languages. So far, translation rights have been sold in 41 countries. In Germany, they've already reprinted six times to keep up with the demand. Oh, they don't have a German word for mummy porn. But I've been saying this for ages. I disagree with the name of that genre. Mummy porn is something different. You know, it's something I've searched for because you get to see, well... Put it this way, animal porn isn't porn made for animals to read. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, back to the TV show. They interviewed people who work for Anne Summers, and they were telling us the kinkiest places in the UK based on increased sales. We Cardiff and Liverpool sales have doubled. <laughs> Manchester's up 60%, and then Stoke and Portsmouth sales have tripled. Our number one store. Oh, and top of the list. Wherever it is, whatever they say next, I am going to go there. Slough. I'm staying here. Uh, they talked about the use of language to describe the lady bits. There's a moment where he touches me down there. Is it down where? 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 Sort of Hades? Listen, missus, if your nickname for your chuff is Hades, have a wash. She was expected to have an orgasm on cue. Orgasm on cue? Is there a sexy snooker scene in this book I don't know about? This was the year when the Olympics and Paralympics shocked us all because it wasn't as crap as we assumed it was going to be. Here's some of the coverage we did. We had our spirits lifted by inspirational stories of overcoming injury to go on to do great things. I should point out, I mean the Paralympics, not Cheryl Cole's car crash. Uh, after a successful Olympics, we also had a successful Paralympics. Uh, we didn't win the actual Olympics, that honour went to America. But we were winners in another way. It showcased what the UK has done for the rest of the world. Our music, our art. We invented the internet. Heck, we even invented the country that won the Olympics. But it hasn't been without controversy. First, uh, in the Olympics, a judo competitor was disqualified because he was caught using drugs. Cannabis. Hardly a performance-enhancing drug, especially in a bout of judo. Dude, have you, like, ever wondered why we fight in judo? Why don't we just, like, make love? Uh... Because that would be an illegal move. But rules is rules, and let's be honest, you don't want a black belt judo expert with the munchies. Stand in front of his twix and he's gonna mess you up. In the Paralympics, there was upset over Oscar Pistorius. He was the man. He was the inspiration. He was the poster boy of the Paralympics. Till this happened. Are you suggesting that his blades are not as fair as your blades? No, no, I mean, the RPC have the regulations, but... Uh, the regulations make that uh, the athletes can make themselves unbelievably high. 
you saw Blake Leaper yesterday. I mean, the guy came down literally overnight, made his blades longer. He's, uh, his knee height's like four inches higher than what it should be. And the guys are just running ridiculous times. A petulant outburst when he lost a race. Although, to be fair, I never thought he was a great role model for our youth. He runs around East London with two blades. He said Alan Oliveira's blades were too long, which gave Alan an unfair advantage. But let's look at some facts. Alan's blades were allowed by the Paralympic rules, and Oscar is still taller with a longer stride. In the relay, Oscar beat Alan even with those unfair blades, and in the T44 100m, Oscar ran a faster time than Alan on the same blades. T44, by the way, is a Paralympic classification defined as single below knee amputation or athlete who can walk with moderate reduced function in one or both legs. Not to be confused with the disability of having big hair, skinny jeans and no chance of growing facial hair. That's the T4 classification. So, all things considered, Oscar's outbreak was just because he was a sore loser. It shows that uncomfortable truth that just because someone has a disability, it doesn't stop them being a knobhead. I know, it feels wrong even saying it, but it must be true. The world is made up of nice people and knobheads. There's no way, statistically, that serious accidents and illness only happen to nice people. It goes against the urge to be compassionate, which is a good urge. But if the Paralympics is there to correct our misguided attitudes to disability, it must also put us right on this issue. Having a disability and being a knobhead aren't mutually exclusive. Uh, Pistorius in this race, the bad guy in the film Manhunter, heck, even Hitler only had one ball. I'm not sure that's a Paralympic category, but there's a point in there somewhere. Look at it this way. If Usain Bolt came second and said, Oh, that's not fair. That's not actually a Usain Bolt impression, by the way. But we would have mocked him to his face. Yeah, yeah. You can run, but you can't hide, Bolt. I mean, you really can run, though, to be fair. But Bolt didn't lose. He won the 100 metres and the 200. He said he was the greatest Olympian. Meanwhile, Michael Phelps won more gold medals than anyone ever. And he said he was the greatest Olympian, too. Now, I agree with Bolt. It's too easy to get loads of golds in swimming because they have so many different styles. Breaststroke, front crawl, butterfly, medley. But in running, it's just running. Until they bring in different styles of running, it doesn't count. 100 meter skipping. You make that an event and we'd win gold. We've got Michael McIntyre. Or the 200 meter moonwalk. And they're off. And Usain Bolt is going so fast it makes the others look like they're, well, moving forwards. 2,400 fines have been handed out to motorists who use the Games Lanes in London. I should point out, if you're listening to this in another country, Games Lanes are lanes on the roads of London that you're not allowed to go in at certain times. They're not lanes in the games. It didn't mean that this happened. Uh, yes, lane three is Rush Grove from the UK. Uh, in lane two, it's the American yeah. Clemens. Uh, and on the inside lane, a Citroen C1 from France. Uh, Pistorius is going to complain that this is unfair. No sooner had we recovered from the Olympics, we had to use the word athletic again when we saw Kate Middleton topless. I read that there had been pictures of the Duchess of Cambridge topless in a French magazine. And I did what lots of people did when they heard that. I had to remember which one the Duchess of Cambridge was. Uh, that's not Camilla, is it? Yeah. Nope, it's the princess formerly known as Kate Middleton. She was on holiday in France with her husband Wills when some paparazzi person with a long-distance lens took her picture of her. It was published in the French magazine Closer, which is ironic when you think how far away these photographers are when they take the shots. But purely for research, 
I looked at the photos. I had to go onto the website of the French magazine. It was the first time I'd wished I'd paid attention during modern language lessons at school. Oh, they'll teach you how to order a kilo of apples in GCSE French. They don't teach you anything that's useful for this. Now, class, repeat after me. Où sont les photos de la princesse avec melons visible, s'il vous plaît? They're blurry, they're fuzzy, just like the boobs of many of my ex-girlfriends. But seriously, I mean, if these photos were taken from any further away, they'd have been done by the Mars Curiosity Explorer. The magazine's French website started off by showing pictures heavily pixelated of the Duchess. If she was any more pixelated, she would have looked Japanese. Not that I watched those videos, but just, I'm painting myself into a corner there. Never mind, moving on. I mean, on one level... What's the big deal? The story in Closer should have had the headline, Princess has boobs, shocker. We all assume she had them. But why are we so obsessed? 50% of the population has boobs. Well, over 50% of the population has boobs. As I'm finding out now, I'm gaining weight in my 30s. Oh, they don't warn you about that. But on another level, I guess it's embarrassing. A statement on behalf of the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge said that it was an unjustifiable invasion of their privacy. And that's when they're right. I mean, these people are royal. You should pay them some respect. But this is France, a place where they beheaded their royalty, so maybe Wills and Kate got off quite lightly. Off with their tops. And it comes just weeks after we saw naked photos of Prince Harry in the papers. Prince Harry and now Kate. If you're a royal, the press want to see you naked, as long as you're not actually a blood relative of the Queen. Anyway, poor old Kate seemed happy enough as she carried on her diamond jubilee visits of the Far East, even though her diamond jubilees... jubilees... Jub, jubilees... It works better in down, uh, were the biggest story in the news. This really shows the difference in the attitude to things like this in France and the UK. To find out more, I'm joined on the line now by a French photographer. Hello. Ah, bonjour. Surely you can't think it's right to publish these photos. Mais oui, it is natural to enjoy the bosom of a lady. That's no lady, that's a princess. What? It's a technical thing to do with rank, don't worry. But there's nothing wrong with admiring the breasts of a woman. You work freelance, don't you? Oui, how did you know? They're not the words of someone under an HR department. You British are too hung up to enjoy the bosoms. Well, I wouldn't say that. We, we like a lady's chesticle as much as the next man. In France, we like the breasts so much, we even have a town called Brest. Well, in England, we have a city called Bristol. In France, we do not hide the breasts. We would show the bosoms of any member of royalty. Even our queen. Why not? You're saying you would take a close-up picture of our queen topless? No. Well, thank heavens for that. I would take... A full-length picture of her topless. Why full-length? She's in her 80s, no? Good point. Well made. In November, the Republicans lost the US election, and Superstorm Sandy didn't help them at all. A storm, an act of God. So take that as a hint, Republicans, is all I'm saying. Uh, yep, that storm was a bad one, and here's how we reported on it. The big story is a difficult one to talk about. Um, Hurricane Sandy. It's been very serious. I have to admit, it was more serious than I thought it was going to be. Uh, but I blame that on the name. If you name a hurricane after a character from Greece, you lighten the mood. It makes you think of a young, fanny-chinned John Travolta singing... Sandy, can't you see? It's an emergency. You've blown away where I used to stay. Now there's nothing left for me. Since you have blown my mobile home, I sit and wonder where, oh, where you left it, oh, Sandy. Then I 
read just how bad this storm was going to be. Not only was the storm bigger than Hurricane Katrina, it was hitting states that the US government actually cared about. This was serious. By the time Sandy hit land, it had been downgraded from hurricane status. They were calling it Superstorm Sandy. Now, Superstorm isn't actually a category of storm. Sandy was a post-tropical cyclone, but that doesn't sound as scary. And America didn't want people thinking they had their asses handed to them by a post-tropical cyclone. Like the worst kind of food poisoning, what New York got was wet and windy. While most of the human cost was caused by the strong winds, it was the water that caused the bigger financial cost. Huge parts of the subway were filled with salt water, it damaged the infrastructure, it ruined equipment, and it may lead to some TV shows being badly affected. How will this storm affect the upcoming US election? Well, uh, as long as Obama doesn't make one of those classic mistakes, he could do well out of it. And by the way, the guide to not messing up a US disaster simply states... Step 1. Make sure you visit the affected areas, even if it's filled with the kind of people who live in New Orleans. Step 2. Don't refer to any bad guys as folks. And step 3. Avoid pretzels. Hmm. Maybe that guide was written for George W. Bush. Mitt Romney is already suffering from it. FEMA, the Federal Emergency Management Agency, are the people who step in to, well, manage the emergency, I imagine. Uh, they've been helping out a lot of people. But a clip emerged of Mitt Romney talking about his plans to close FEMA down. Absolutely. Every time you have an occasion to take something from the federal government and send it back to the states, that's the right direction. And if you can go even further and send it back to the private sector, that's even better. He wants private firms to be in charge of rescuing people in an emergency. Thank you for calling America's Rescue Service Enterprises. How can we help you today? Yeah, I'm stranded. I'm in the subway. There's water coming in. Can I take your name? It's, it's Craig Johnson. I'm sorry, sir. You only have our basic package of cover. But the water is rising. I, I don't know how long I have. I'm afraid you're only covered for rescue from surface location, sir. Uh, if you have a credit card, we could upgrade you today. Credit card? The water is already up to my neck. And there's someone in here. Sadly, some people needed rescuing, and some people didn't get it. Even though people were told to stay indoors, some still went out. So much so, this was one of their radio travel bulletins. If you are listening on the radio, and you're thinking about getting on the parkway from 129 South, don't. If you're on the parkway between 129 South, get off. Um, this is not acceptable conduct. How good is that? After years of reading travel news myself, I never got to tell people off. That would have been great. <laughs> Heading onto the M1, northbound delays after Junction 11 for Luton, because some dick in a BMW clipped the back of a transit he was undertaking like a total bellend. Like he's so important, he couldn't possibly wait for anyone else. I couldn't work out why people would do that. When you're told by the mayor not to leave your house for your own safety, why would you go outside? So, to find out, earlier on I spoke to our New York correspondent. Hello. Hello, Steve. How bad are things? Well, as you may be able to hear, these strong winds you are... You're out in the storm? Yes, Steve. I'm here witnessing the true force of nature. You could have just told me what it was like from your studio. I would have believed you. Well, for authenticity, I decided to do this piece stood just feet away from potential death. But what happens if something goes wrong? It is a worry, as the emergency services have been overstretched. I bet they have. Yes. 
overstretched, mainly saving the lives of all the reporters that have been out here. All the reporters? So it's you lot? Yes, Steve. Most of the people breaking the curfew are journalists who need to stand in front of the thing they're talking about. Well, I think it's stupid, but if you're willing to stand in front of things to report on them, you're the bravest man I know. Thanks, Steve. But when it comes to standing in front of what you're reporting on, I'm not as brave as my colleague, Doug. Why? He's the NASCAR reporter. In December, we did a review of 2012. This is it. I won't play clips of this podcast in this podcast, or I'll create a paradox that'll rip space-time apart and prove the mind's right after all. Uh, December also gave us the prospect of hearing the patter of tiny feet. No, not Tom Cruise at the Jack Reacher premiere, the royal baby. Ooh! Congratulations, Wills and Kate. I haven't enjoyed the news of a woman throwing up this much since I watched that YouTube clip of Lady Gaga. If you've not seen it, Google it. Catherine is having a baby. Ooh! And the newspapers went crazy on it. One day, the Daily Mail had nine pages on the story. And Kate is less than 12 weeks gone. That's nine pages of national newspaper covering what is, at the moment, a bunch of cells. It's bad enough when you have friends who have a kid. There's no getting away from it. If someone mentions children, youth or humans, out come the photos. And we won the pub quiz because the correct name for the young of a goat is kid. Oh, speaking of which, let me show you these pictures of my Chris. Where's my phone? Oh, okay. Oh, here we go again. There he is. Oh, yeah, he's cute. In a Chucky kind of a way. Yeah. And there's uh, this one. Oh. And there's this one. They're all of the same party. Are these photographs, or is he showing me a video frame by frame? And then there's, uh, there's these ones. More? And this is when we came round of your house. I was there. Why do I have to sit through the pictures? I sat through the den. Oh, is, is that a new phone? Yeah, yeah. It's got 32 gigabytes of storage. Oh, I'm gonna die here. But when it's the Royals, it's bigger and it's better. One actual headline I saw read, Catherine Jenkins says she's excited for William and Kate's royal baby. What's she gonna do with it? Catherine Jenkins. The only way she's related to the story is that she's called Catherine too. Is that what they do in news these days? And finally, reports that Ronald McDonald may be dropped as the mascot of the international burger chain. To find out more, I'm joined by someone close to the story. <laughs> Good evening. Now, before we start with the news, your producer, your producer said to me, he said, Ronnie, 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 would you like to be supersized? I said, I think it's a bit late for that. <laughs> It's just been non-news after non-news. And there was a statement issued by Prince Charles saying he was delighted at the news. Again, what else was he going to say in a statement? Yes, well, um, I'm delighted uh, that I'm going to be a grandfather and that there will be another heir to the throne. But I'd also like to say, dead in line. I've bloody waited long enough myself. I'm being harsh. There were some angles of this story that were actually news. The reason we knew about it was that Kate had to go to hospital. They said it was morning sickness, but that title seems to downplay how serious it can be. Indeed, all the way through a pregnancy and slightly after the birth, there are things that could endanger the life of the mother. Like if the baby is born ginger. That does not help the longevity of a princess. And it's been getting coverage all over the world. To get the American take on this, we can speak to our US correspondent. Hello. Hello. First of all, I want to say we love William and Kate over here. We just wish they could be our royal family too. Well, if you hadn't insisted on a war of independence, they could have been. What? Never mind. Anyway, we're so excited. There's going to be a baby. Woo! 
And here in the US, we want it to be a girl. Why's that? Well, firstly, if it's a girl, we hope it gets Kate's looks and Kate's hair. But maybe Will's boobs. <laughs> Is that a joke about her humble cleavage? Oh, come on. Didn't you see the pictures from France? That's where the baby's going to be eating. I just hope he brought a packed lunch. Oh, leave her alone. Anything more than a handful's a waste. Yeah, but she didn't marry Abu Hamza. And what's your second reason? Well, if it's a girl, uh, it will still be in line to the throne, finally stopping you Brits being backwards and bigoted. Whoa, hang on a minute. We're backwards and bigoted? Says you. Let me ask you this. When was the last time you had a woman president? Hey, we're progressive. We've got Obama. When was the last time you had a black king? Yeah, good point. Well made. So that was 2012, and that was one hell of a mammoth podcast. Don't worry, they're not normally this long. Uh, if you get the urge during 2013, go to somenews.co.uk, subscribe to the free podcast or the free newsletter, uh, and maybe pop along to a comedy show. I might see you there. Until then, have a good one. The Some News Podcast. Get more at somenews.co.uk.